America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorn, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dude, these are dangerous people. As a reminder, they will kill you, man. Hey guys, if you want to watch our thriller feature film, you only got about eight days left if you want to be in the online world premiere. We're about 75% of the way to our goal, which is awesome. So thank you to our backers for that. Go check us out at Kickstarter. There's tons of rewards. You can get your names and the credits of the film. And of course, see our online world premiere exclusively only through Kickstarter. You ever heard of a Spanish donkey? If you're a paranormal junkie like me, it's likely you've come across a number of creepy tales about haunted houses, mental asylums, and abandoned buildings, which of course we've covered here on this channel before. But these aren't the only things that can be considered haunted, because multiple accounts from paranormal sources point to certain items in which ghosts and evil spirits choose to become attached to. Most of the time, these haunted objects, or as what experts call possessed possessions, bring along with them a wealth of misfortunes, dreaded circumstances, and sometimes just straight tragedy. Cursed to their core, the things we're about to share with you have backstories that are scary and gruesome. Here are five very real cursed and haunted antiques. Number five, Juan Luna's Portrait. If the Dutch has Vincent van Gogh, the Italians Michelangelo, and the Spanish Pablo Picasso, the Filipinos of the Philippines speak with pride of Juan Luna. Luna was one of the few of his people to captivate the international stage of fine arts. 
At the height of his career, his name resounded among the world's finest art critics and enthusiasts. But beyond his global fame lies a reputation that not everyone may have known about. Like his brother, Antonio Luna, Juan was also infamous for his violent outbursts. There have been reports revealing how these siblings could get nasty when they lost their tempers, especially when it involved the love of their life. And rumor has it that his temperament could very well be the root of the curse of his famous painting, Portrait of a Lady. The story goes that at the tender age of 29, two years after he won the prestigious gold medal at the Madrid Exposition of Fine Arts in 1884, Luna married the love of his life, Paz Pardo de Tavera, or simply Paz. The couple moved from the Philippines to France, where they had a child named Andres. Juan and Paz's married life was far from perfect, however. There was a point in their relationship when the revered artist felt extreme jealousy towards his wife. He suspected that the woman had an affair with a certain Monsieur Dussac. This became the cause of their constant fights, and eventually, the wife left. Now blinded with rage, the Filipino followed her to the place where she sought refuge. Fear and concern prompted Paz's mother to accompany her daughter and grandson. Apparently their presence was not enough to deter Juan, though. On the morning of September 22, 1892, the painter took his revolver and shot his mother-in-law in the head. He then fired the weapon on Paz. The woman's brothers, who were with them, also suffered his wrath, but luckily they survived the gunshot wounds. After all that transpired, the gunman was acquitted on the grounds of temporary insanity. Apparently, the law at the time heavily favored men. Unbeknownst to everyone, the tragic incident occurred while Luna was working on the portrait of a lady. His crime apparently imbued the artwork with a curse that would bring misfortune to anyone who dared to own it. Legend has it that the restless souls of his victims actually reside in this painting. And true enough, the succeeding stories seem to tell of a series of tragedies. For instance, Manuel Garcia got hold of the masterpiece, and the highly successful businessman then lost all his fortune for some unknown reasons. Benny Benitez, its next owner, then died in a tragic car crash. Despite this, though, the painting was bought by another art collector who then suffered misfortunes and fell ill. The next to own the portrait of a lady was Ami Marcos, the daughter of the former Philippine president, Ferdinand Marcos. She, too, suffered the same bitter fate when she had a miscarriage. Juan Luna's controversial work is now being housed inside the Philippine National Museum, and since 1986, when it was handed over to the institution, no other tragedies have occurred. Many believe the curse has finally been lifted, but others think that the painting simply doesn't want to be owned by one single individual. Number 4. Stolen Belista Balls Exceptional circumstances would sometimes force criminals to warn their fellow beings never to do what they've done. Take, for example, this antique thief from Israel. This story of regret and remorse began in 1989 when archaeologists were working on an excavation site 
of what was then known as the ancient city of Gamla. This town, which lies between the borders of Israel and Syria, was a key location at the beginning of the Great Revolt, or the First Jewish-Roman War, from 66 to 73 AD. Capturing the walled settlement was the primary objective of the Roman general Vespasian. What he did was commanded his army to fashion projectiles using the stones available in the area, and archaeologists call these ballista balls. These artillery stones were then hurled towards the city defenders in order to keep them away from the wall. In this way, the assailing party could approach that wall and break it down using a battering ram. After several months and thousands of ballista balls, the Imperial Army finally overcame the walls of Gamla. They then forged ahead into the interior and took over the city. One historian said that about 9,000 remaining fighters and civilians flocked towards the edge of town. Realizing their impending capture, the residents decided to jump into the gorge below, basically committing a mass suicide. Apparently, the site of their death was the exact same place where the Romans mined and gathered up the Ballista Stones. And so rumor has it that the souls of the conquered now possess these very stones. Flash forward to 1989, when excavators began stowing away all the projectiles. There were about 2,000 of them. But considering the sheer amount of these artifacts, not everything was salvaged. In 1995, a man stole two pieces of the balls from the site. Nothing was heard about them since then. And then in 2015, the archaeologists of the Israeli Antiquities Authority, or the IAA, reported that they recovered the stolen ballista balls, and they did so in a very interesting way. As what they revealed, the stones were dropped off in a bag at the Museum of Islamic and Near Eastern Cultures in Beersheba by an unknown individual. Together with the relics was a letter supposedly written by the thief himself, and it read as follows. These are two Roman ballista balls from Gamla. From a residential quarter at the foot of the summit, I stole them in July of 1995, and since then, they've brought me nothing but trouble. Please do not steal antiquities. It's believed that the person in question had a prosperous business that then ended suddenly. Not only that, his family abandoned him when he went bankrupt. The Stones now join their fellow Ballista Balls in the National Treasures Department of the IAA, where they'll finally be left undisturbed by thieves. Number 3. Portrait of Bernardo de Galvez Art exudes power, regardless of what form it takes. Whether it's music, theater, or painting, it can evoke different emotions. And people may feel sad, happy, inspired, even hopeful. But scared? That's something interesting, just like this painting called The Portrait of Bernardo de Galvez. No one could really confirm as to who made this masterpiece, though many believe this to be the work of Salvador Mela, a renowned court painter to Charles IV of Spain. The artifact he purportedly made depicts Bernardo de Galvez, a war general from Malaga, Spain. Galvez was famous for his exploits during the War of Independence of the United States 
where he helped several American colonies gain their freedom. The portrait was supposed to be a tribute for his exemplary military efforts during that period. Born in 1746, Galvez allegedly died under strange circumstances on November 30th, 1786. No one ever knew what caused his demise, but suffice to say, it brought forth a whole different kind of reputation. The image of his likeness ended up at the Galvez Hotel in Galveston, Texas. And this place is apparently infamous for a number of ghosts and other paranormal activity. Rumor has it that a group of spirits resides at that hotel, and many believe that Galvez himself is one of them. Those sensitive enough to sense their presence will tell you about the most intriguing ways in which they encounter the spectral tenants, including that of the former military official. According to witnesses, Galvez's hauntings take place around his portrait. Located at the end of one of the hotel's corridors, the painting has a weird characteristic in which the subject's eyes would follow guests as they walk past down the hallway. There are also reports about certain spots where upon passing through, visitors would feel a mysterious surge of coldness on their body, and some even say that the hair in the back of their neck would tingle for no reason at all. As if that wasn't creepy enough, tourists also talk about their weird experience wherein they would try to photograph the painting, but all they could get is a hazy photo of the portrait. Residents suggest that they would have to get permission from Galvez's spirit in order to get a clear snapshot. This phenomenon was corroborated by a group of paranormal investigators who actually visited Hotel Galvez. They claim that all their initial photos were blurry or at some point would appear distorted. It was only after they had verbally expressed their intention to capture his image did they get the decent ones. This painting is clear proof that sometimes the best, most interesting paintings are those that engage our senses in the most unimaginable, if not the creepiest way. Number two, the Busby Stoop Chair. You might not necessarily agree, but the words that we utter brings unprecedented power to the lives of those around us. It could be words of blessings or that of a curse. For Thomas Busby, he prefers the latter. Busby wasn't particularly a model citizen in his hometown of Thirsk, England. He was known for being a drunk who loved to break the peace and quiet of his neighborhood. Not only that, he was also a chronic liar. Though records do not particularly mention how he made use of this ill talent, we can only imagine the many instances in which he lied his way through life. Adding more infamy to his credentials with a numerous report saying that he was a thief, knowing how he lived his life through a bottle, you could only assume the despicable ways that he used to sustain his vices. And though he might consider all these as petty crimes, relatively speaking, Busby went further down the black hole by committing this one unforgivable crime. You see, Thomas was a very particular man. He knows his things, and he's not particularly pleased when others meddle with them. For instance, he had his favorite piece of furniture, an oak chair, that he loved to sit in when he was inside his favorite pub. One day in the summer of 1702, Busby found out that his father-in-law, Daniel Oddie, 
dared to use that same chair. His anger towards his wife's father could not be quenched, so much so that he went on to kill him by strangling him to death. For such kind of brutality, Busby was condemned to death. On his way to the gallows, he made a strange request. He wished to drop by for the last time at his favorite watering hole to have his last drink of ale. He was promptly granted that wish, but things took a weird turn when after he finished his shot, he suddenly declared, May sudden death come to anyone who dares sit in my chair. This was the exact chair that caused Audie's untimely death. No one seemed to be bothered by it, considering that it was just mere words coming from a man who would soon be executed. The chair remained in that same pub for centuries, and the man who took ownership of it had long been gone. However, according to legend, ever since Busby had put a curse on that chair, there were at least 60 people who had died tragically after sitting in it. And while this could possibly be dismissed as mere coincidence, the pub decided to prohibit anyone from using the cursed piece of furniture. Knowing the misfortune it brings to its users, the people of Thirsk, England, went on to retrieve the chair and put it on display at the Thirsk Museum in North Yorkshire. It remained there untouched since 1972. And to further prevent any unwanted incidences, the museum has it placed up on a wall. This way, no one else can sit on Busby's famous cursed chair. Number 1. The Bassano Vase Shrouded by countless tales of death, the legendary Bassano vase is now considered as one of the most terrifying haunted objects to ever exist, so much so that not even museums would dare to house it. The details may vary from time to time, but it's believed that the famed Bassano vase was made from silver and weighed just about four pounds. It was supposedly crafted in a town somewhere in Napoli, Italy, back around the 15th century. Records indicate that there's nothing really extraordinary about this ornament. In fact, it's said to be devoid of any intricacies. However, what it lacks in design, it certainly makes up for in its dreaded reputation. According to lore, the vase was initially given as a gift to a young Italian bride on the night before her wedding. The next morning, she was found dead in her room, with her hands wrapped tightly around the ornament. It was unclear if the bride was murdered that night or as she hung to dear life put a curse on the silverware or if its arrival was the thing that opened the door for her untimely demise. Regardless, the Bassano vase was then passed among her family members and those who claimed ownership of the artifact, like the doomed bride, mysteriously perished soon after. Realizing the tragedy it caused to the clan, they decided to get rid of it once and for all. What they did was hid it from plain sight. Sure enough, no one got a hold of it, at least for hundreds of years. But then in 1988, for some unknown reason, the vase resurfaced. Those who found it reportedly claimed to have seen a piece of paper stuffed inside. And scribble was a message saying, Beware, this vase brings death. Instead of scaring people off, though, this made it even more intriguing, and at one point, it sold for roughly 4 million Italian lira. 
The first outsider who got their hands on the object was a pharmacist who, after three months, suddenly died. It was then passed down to a surgeon, who then strangely passed away several months after getting it. The two unexplained deaths apparently didn't deter an archaeologist, the third and last known owner. He too, like the pharmacist and the surgeon, died several months after getting it. The last buyer's relatives hurried to resell the now-feared vase, but no one took an interest. In a desperate effort to get rid of the object, a family member reportedly tossed it out a window, only to hit a police officer who happened to pass by. Luckily for the cop, he survived, though they got a violation ticket. They couldn't be happier, however, as the vase was now confiscated by the local law enforcement. Having heard of its notoriety, it was now their turn to dispose of the Bassano vase. They tried to surrender it to different museums, but each time they were refused. No one knew what happened after that, but the Italian ornament was once again lost. Rumor has it that it was buried so it could no longer harm anyone. Considering the string of deaths and tragedies linked to it, many think it would be best if it remains hidden. So there were five cursed and haunted antiques. If you guys are craving more true crime podcasts, then every town is for you. Over there, we tell some of the craziest cases and stories that are happening all around the country in a longer format. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next one.